Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Celtic View podcast, the podcast of the nine in a row champions. I'm Paul Cuddy, editor of the Celtic View. And obviously you'll recognise Joe Donnelly, one of my Celtic View colleagues. You'll also recognise the other man, of course, who's joined us today, who doesn't work for the Celtic View. He does a much more important job than that, of course. We're talking about a former captain, Celtic player, and of course now part of the reserve coaching setup at the club, Stephen McManus. Stephen, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Good afternoon, guys. How are we doing? We're doing well. Um, obviously, we're going to chat things football with you this afternoon. You know, we, we've spoke to you before on, on the podcast when we just did an audio podcast. And yeah. I suppose it's been a challenging few months for you because you guys, they've all been on furlough and it's, yeah. you know, we're still waiting for all that to, to kick back in again. Yeah, as you know, it's been it's been really difficult for all our boys. Um, but again, without realising that the boys will be building resilience um, and part of your job. Uh, as such, Paul is obviously to produce young players for our first team. A big part of that is how do we get, how do we make young players nowadays resilient? Um, so without realising this, hopefully we can get through it the other end. Like I said, we're, hopefully we'll, there's a wee bit of light at the end of the tunnel for the boys, and, and and our job is just to get them, get them back in when we possibly can, and, and hopefully get them back training and get a bit of normality for them. Because it's funny, I've seen through the piece, particularly with the academy. They've been posting videos of some of the younger players, you know, even yep. down as under nines, under tens, elevens, doing yep. their own training, maybe with their parents, just out in their back garden and or in a field. And apart from the fact that some of the the technique, and the skills is absolutely mesmerising, it's good to see that they're obviously, you know, they're, they're taking their own initiative and, and working hard. As you know, apart from, especially for the, the kind of junior academies, such as you know, they've they've not got a lot. Um, that they were able to do for large periods of time but what they were able to do was, was have a ball in the back garden so it was almost um, going back to a kind of, uh, maybe 15, 20, 30 years ago when all you had was a ball outside and you were playing in the back garden kind of honing your skills so it's been great to see and it's also kept I think the, 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 the big thing certainly for a lot of people has been their mental health at this, this time and, and getting outside and like I say, practising their skills for the kind of younger age group has been terrific and they've been really, really eventful. Uh, we've got a, <laughs> a, an intruder that's just come up. <laughs> we'll see whether he, we'll see the dog talks more sense, certainly than Joe and I. Obviously through this period of, of lockdown and uncertainty of the coronavirus, we've spoken a lot about how that affects the first team players naturally. You know, when you have those spells out of, Playing games and the match rhythm, it's really important. But, you know, given you deal um, directly with the, the younger guys, mentally that must be hard for them as well because whilst it's mentally challenging for the senior guys, they know what they want to go back to. Whereas the younger guys maybe haven't experienced football, especially the right younger ones, for, for much time at all. How, how do you think that's been mentally for them? I think it's been real, it's been really challenging for everybody. Like I said, the younger boys is, is especially, they'll have found it really difficult. But... Again, at our club, we've just tried to make the best of the uh, 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 kind of bad situation. So a lot of the coaching staff have been have been very inventive with the things that they've did, working and communicating with the young players. So I think that's been the key thing. It's been making sure that young players' mental health and their well-being has been, been been as good as it possibly can be. And certainly, I know that our staff throughout the club have have, have looked after them in the best way they possibly can. Um, hopefully, we never ever need to find themselves in these kind of situations again. But again. It's it's we're just desperate to get back onto the pitch. I know all the coaches are the exact same because you feel for it for the young players the most. Um, it's a lot of football that they've missed out on over a over a, a long period of time. So, um, like I said, we're looking just 
to get straight back into it when we possibly can and whenever it's everything's safe and well to do so. One of the things I've noticed, obviously, for pre-season, the manager took some of the, the young guys away. Yeah. Uh, and then some of them have also been appearing in the, the first-team squads. You know, like mm-hmm. sort of Cameron and Harper's made yeah. a couple of substitutes. He's been on the bench. Scott Robertson, Stephen Welsh, uh, Kerr McEnroy, Karamoko yeah. Dembele as well. That's obviously a real incentive for them. But I wonder as well, over the course of the season, you know that way we can now, it's now nine substitutes. and. Yeah. The manager can make five substitutions across three, I think, three different spells. But uh-huh. hopefully over the course of the season, that will give some of these young guys a chance to get some, some first-team experience. Yeah, I, I hope so. Listen, our club's is, is, is famous for producing young players. And like I say, their job and underneath the first team is to try and produce as many players as we possibly can for the football club. Um, the boys that have, I think we've got maybe five or six, possibly seven, that have been up with the first team, which has been terrific. And they've earned it, they've deserved it, um, and, 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 and they've done very well with the reports that we've had back, which is great, because there's another bunch below, and then again in the under-18s, there's a good batch coming through with that, likewise in the 16s. So there's got, always got to be a conveyor belt of talent at our club. Listen, we know this season is, 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 is hopefully going to be a successful season, but we know the hard work and the dedication that's required from everybody at the football club because we know um, what's at stake. But with that, again, we certainly believe that we've got we've got an, a, an abundance of talent that we, we would love to see kind of breaking through. But ultimately, it's the, the transitional period between reserves and first team. It's, it's how do we close that gap? And that's the challenge that, that all the clubs are feeling, that are, that are trying to find the correct pathway for our players throughout the clubs and we're no different. Um, but the one thing that I, that I can guarantee is that there's lots of quality that's just hopefully going to get the opportunity whenever that may come. And I know we spoke to you before about this as role models and, and yep. you and I were talking about this in the, our podcast last week of how James Forrest has now passed 400 games. Yep. And again, as a boy who's come through the academy and, and was in their shoes one day, I mean, that's, I mean, obviously, first of all, for him, it's an amazing achievement. But again, for these young guys, they're looking, first of all, to get that first game. But, you know, it's there for them if they, if they can work hard, you know. A big part of it, Paul, is, is, is uh, for this argument with people, or the discussion with people for a long period of time. And when you look at the players that have come through our academy, dating back 15, 15 years or however long that it's been, there have been different levels of ability, but the one thing that's been consistent has been how dedicated they are to their profession, um, how professional they are, how they look after themselves, and, and they've got a, a willingness and a, a, and a desire to be extremely successful and have a dedication to their profession. That's what's what's going to separate you, and that's what's going to get you at the top. You can see that now, but but with that, I think it's always great to have people that you can look up to and, and, and can have. And our first team, we've got that with the players that have come through just now. You've got James, you've got you've got you've got Callum, you've obviously got, got Kieran that moved on. So it's 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 important these young players have got role models um, that have because of, I think what we try and instill is that if these players can do it, there's absolutely no reason why the the, the, the current group can do it. The hardest thing is the players actually believing that they can actually do it and. If they take a couple of knocks and a couple of setbacks, how do, what do they do? Do they do, do they do they want to then roll up the sleeves and improve everybody that, that that's where they want to be or are they going to down tools and chuck it and then run away and go somewhere else? We're trying to then, it's such a tough, tough thing to do is to try and break into our first team and play once or five games. But 
when you then do it, can you be different? And can you be the one that goes on to be a James Forrest, a Kieran Tierney, or a Cal McGregor? In terms of, is that your dog making a wee cup of tea there? <laughs> uh, I wish it was. I'll just get that door shut right now. The kids have just come in for school, so it'll be carnage in the next five minutes. Is <laughs> a pitch invasion. Aye. One of the things we were go- one of the things we're going to talk about, and I, I'm not bringing this up just because yeah. um, you you played in in, in what you know, obviously it was a disappointing European game, but it was, yeah. in terms of, obviously we were disappointed with the, the Ferenc-Varos result, yeah. we're out of the Champions League, we're into the Europa League now, and it was kind of probably, I think it's the first time since back in 2005, mm-hmm. the Art Media game, that's, we were getting out at that, at that stage. What I was wanting to ask is, obviously out of, you know, really low points, how, how does the, the dressing room, you are part of that dressing room, how do yeah. you refocus and, and galvanise yourself? Because ultimately, that proved to be a successful season for us. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it, Paul. And what you'll find is, I think, early on, and listen, there's a lot at stake at this at this season. There's make no bones about it. But what what you can see even with the first team after the, 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 the defeat against Rangers at Celtic Park in, in December, it, galva- it galvanised our, our club, it galvanised the players, it brought everybody together. Um, Listen, it's a big, big disappointment for everybody involved with the football club, absolutely. But there's nothing we can do now. We can't change the result. Um, and like you said, there were certain aspects that, that, that were missing. We created so many chances. But I've no doubt that the manager and the staff, they'll be working as hard as they possibly can um, to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And, and they'll reset, they'll refocus, and there'll be positivity throughout the group without the players. I've absolutely no doubt about that. Um, in the next game, I know it's an old cliche, but the next one's the most important one. It's been a difficult start. There's, there's been certain circumstances that have happened um, throughout the game up here, which has been a challenge just now. Um, but like I say, we can only focus on in, in having positivity around, around our football club. And, and there's certainly a belief throughout our club about where we, what we want to achieve and how hard it's going to be to do that. But we certainly believe that we can, we can, we can all get together and, and push the first team in, in, in a positive way and hopefully get a bit of momentum going on for the, for the rest of the campaign. Just on bouncing back, Stephen, like that media game in 2005, yeah. obviously the summer of 2005. And yeah. You guys have no European football for the rest of that season. The next campaign, so the next time you had a chance at the, at the cherry of the European football, if you want to call it that, is the, the Man United victory in the last yeah. six games. So I mean, that, that epitomises that, that um, bouncing back attitude, doesn't it? Joey, the one thing that you've got within our, our group of players, when you look at the, 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 the squad individually and collectively, they've got leaders, they've got winners throughout the, the, the group um, that know what it takes. You've got a manager, you've got an assistant, you've got a first-team coach and a, and a staff that know exactly what it takes to be successful, especially in challenging times. There's going to be uncertain times at, at, at a big club like ours, but what there is is there's a drive and there's a willingness to, to, to succeed. And that comes from, from Peter and the board. It filters down to the manager. It filters down to the players. Um, and like I say, I've got no doubt that, that, that this season will be a successful one. And, and I think everybody needs, needs to get their, get together and, and make sure there's that positivity throughout the club. We're going to talk about uh, our new signing shortly, Stephen. But just one thing, because I'm always curious. Yeah. See, obviously, as fans... You know, we're obviously we're upset at a poor result, but then quite often we're looking ahead, not to the next game, but the next game. And you know, is is it something you're taught as players, or you learn as well when you're when you're going through as a player to take it one game at a time? Because players and the management always say it, but it's obviously if they 
allow their mind to get too far ahead, then they get distracted because you have to focus in the next 90 minutes and maybe just allow us to get carried away or to look further forward. Absolutely. You know, you, uh, it was funny, I was listening to a pod during this kind of period. You've, you've been listening to podcasts and books and you've been listening to audiobooks, reading books, etc. And, and it was funny, Rio Ferdinand actually spoke about it in a podcast that he, that, that he did a while back and he was talking about being relentless at a club like Manchester United where as soon as you win a game, you move on and you move on to the next one. You win a trophy, you shelf it, you move on to the next one. And, and at our club, it's the exact same. The players are relentless in what they want to achieve. When you then do achieve, uh, whether it's a, a, a trophy like what we've been so successful in the last number of, uh, number of years, you you can't you don't really enjoy it. And I don't think that's what people really understand because our group of players and our staff are so focused on the next trophy, on the next big win, because that's what they know. That that's how you that's how you create that culture of success. It almost becomes a a, a winning habit. Last night was a disappointment, absolutely, but there's nothing that we can do now. You move on, you park it, you, you, you shelf it, you, you learn from your experiences and then you move on to the next one. And that takes a lot. One of the things that we've, uh, Joe's writing a piece in the uh, the latest issue of The View, and it was on uh, Henrik, obviously, yeah. you know, legend here, but a legend yeah. at Barcelona as well, but he's now the assistant manager at Barcelona under Ronald Koeman, who's just been appointed um, I mean, obviously a brilliant move for him, real, a real connection. There's always been a bit of an affection and affinity between Celtic and Barcelona, yeah. but for Henrik, uh, you know, you obviously you know, know him from, from playing days and yeah. he's coached and he's managed, but I mean, it's, it's probably a big step up for him. Absolutely. It's amazing how in football you just never know what's around the corner, Paul. You know, I think it was maybe a year ago or 18 months ago that he was, he was going to take the South End job along with, with, with Tommy Johnson. So that's the way football can evolve. Henrik's is, is, is when you look at his playing career, incredible. The people that, that know Henrik know his attention to detail was always terrific. He was, like I say, he was a proper pro, uh, professional. Certainly the best player that I played with, absolutely no question. Um, and it's a fantastic opportunity for him to go back again to a club that he knows very well. But if a club of the magnitude of Barcelona and he's, he's getting in and I, I've no doubt when you go into these kind of places, they'll look up to somebody like Henrik straight away. Did you ever, ever, you know, in terms of bounce games at training, did you ever have to mark him? Or do you remember what it was like the first time you were Every day him? in training. Every day in training. You were back then we under Martin. Every Friday we'd done Young v. Old and, and it was myself and John that were playing against Henrik, Sutty and, and Big John. So, um, And then obviously John got injured and, and you were almost kind of the only kind of young defender at the that were training with the first team at the time, so that was your upbringing. That was it was terrific because even back then, I felt as if you could you had to get the respect. I, I spoke to you guys before about having the respect. You don't want to be liked by these senior pros. You want to be respected by them, and you only get respect by how you conduct yourself on a daily basis. Um, you just go on with your work. You work as hard as you possibly can, and with that, they then the first team start to respect you. So, um, as a young player, I knew I felt that. If you could handle playing against John and 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 Sutty and and Henrik in training, there's no way that you would come up against better players. Certainly in the Premier League up here at the time, um, which would ultimately stand me in good stead throughout my career. You were scared that you'd injured one of those players in those bounce games. <laughs> uh, Martin was the manager was always petrified, but again, I was a. They were very aggressive, so again, good back, Joe. Where I've, it was. I made sure that I wasn't getting trampled on because if, if you give somebody an inch, they take a mile. 
Um, so I was, I was, I, no matter how aggressive they were with me, I made sure that I was, I was just as aggressive, even maybe even a wee bit more, because I knew that that's how you get, that's how you. That was my, my game was all about being aggressive and making first contact in your box. But again, there were your teammates as well. But you wanted to, to kind of make a point that you were ready to train and play with them on a daily basis. I mean, in terms of Henrik going there with Ronald Koeman, it's it's probably it's a challenging job because of the expectations there. But yeah. given given how they end up getting dumped out of the Champions League eight two against Bayern Munich, that yeah. in some respects then there's a chance for them to rebuild. So obviously, on the back of that, there's talk of Messi wanting to leave as well. So it could be a big, you know, sort of reorganisation there. Absolutely, you know, and, and again, the managers, I'd imagine you go into a club and it's, oh God, it'll be certainly to the outside world, it looks as if there's a bit of turmoil at, at Barcelona just now. But again, if you're, if you're Henrik, how do you knock back that opportunity? Um, whether he knows Ronald Koeman, whether he's, I've no idea, but it would be, it could be a lot worse if you were going in there to Barcelona and somebody handed you the number 10 jersey because Lionel Messi was leaving the club. So I don't know how <laughs> any dude would feel then going in after him. But again, it's a, Brilliant opportunity for Henrik and, 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 and one that I hope he does very well at. As you say, it is quite surreal that uh, one minute he's going to be manager of South End, next minute he's, <laughs> he's standing in the camp now. Absolutely, but again, that shows you the level of, that shows you the kind of humility of Henrik, if you like, and how much he's wanted to prove himself going down at that level. For him, he's never played at that level before. It'll be completely different, but then he's obviously ends up back at Barcelona in a fantastic role. Um, so again, it shows you the type of person that he is. One of the things I thought was interesting, you were talking earlier on, particularly for young players, you know, it's ca- this situation has been character building. It's how they deal with li- different uh, levels yeah. of adversity. You mentioned also the fact that David Turnbull's joined the club, signing yeah. from Motherwell. He's he's a really good example of a player who's had to deal with adversity because he was literally on the verge of signing for Celtic, yeah. and that was taken away from him. He's had to get the yeah. operation. He's worked back. But that strength of character has put him back in the position to now join Celtic. Absolutely. You know, he's, David's a young player that I know very, very well. I've worked with him since he's been 15 or 16 years of age. He was, I took his under-17 team when David was coming through. He was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was a young kid playing a year up because he was that good. He was very slight. He's from a wonderful family. He's a wonderful type. Um, when you talk about real top footballers, David's got the potential to go on and be a, be a top, top international football player um, and again he's, 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 you knew he had potential you knew he had talent but it was ultimately down to the individual David was very he was very slight when he was young he was he was he was he was small he took a growth spot he always looked as if he wore a, a, a jersey that was three times too big for him he then took it upon himself to, he wanted to get bigger he wanted to get stronger he wanted to be a first team player he wasn't a young player who was just expecting um, to become a footballer he almost felt he needed to become a footballer. So he, he, he worked hard on his physique, he worked hard on his fitness, he worked hard on his game because he was desperate to be a professional footballer. And then obviously when he had the injury last year, um, it was almost as if he was back to square one. So instead of sitting about and feeling sorry for himself and, and getting into his shell, he's, he's attacked it the way that David's always attacked everything, which was head on. Um, He's looked after himself throughout the injury. He never put weight on. Uh, he, he, like I said, he was always working in the gym. He stuck to his rehab to the letter of the law and he was probably working harder than anybody at Motherwell at the particular time. 
So I was absolutely over the moon on a personal note because I know the type of character that he is. He's a football player that's made to play for Celtic. I said that the first time that I'd seen him playing. When we were young, when, when I was the coaching staff at Motherwell, that was, I used to get a bit of stick at the time because he looked, even back then, I always felt he looked like a Celtic player. Not everybody that comes through these, the academies in Scotland that come from a Motherwell or a Kilmarnock or an Aberdeen can come and look to play for Celtic. David looks like a Celtic player. His best attribute is he's always scored goals. He's always scored goals through midfield as a young, as a young player. But the game always tends to kind of slow down when he's in possession of the ball, which to me is a sign of a top, top young player. He's never flustered. Um, and he'll, he'll play forward passes. He'll, he'll, but he's got a terrific work ethic and he knows that he's coming into our club where he has to impress everybody else. Um, and he'll, when you've got guys like Callum and Scott around him, they'll just, they'll, they'll, just seeing how these guys work on a daily basis will bring them on. Um, might take him a wee bit of time to settle, as does for a lot of players that come to our, our fantastic football club, but he's one that's a terrific signing for our football club. You spoke about resilience earlier, Stephen, about young players and how important that is yep. in their careers. And no matter when a player gets such a bad injury, like the one that Dave's just come off the back of last year, you hear about players talking about you know being taking nothing for granted and really cherishing yep. the moments in the pitch. Given that he's experienced that injury so young, he's already saying you know, he takes nothing or granted, so yeah. combine that with the attitude you explained there and yeah. with that idea of resilience. I mean, that it sounds weird to say it bodes well for him, but the fact that he's had such a you know, a, such a bad injury so young in his career, he'll use that as a positive, I'm sure, moving forward. Absolutely. And, and, and Joe, another thing that people don't realise until they're kind of come into our football club, and it's something that we try and obviously speak to our own young players about who have only ever been at our club. They don't, a lot of players don't realise how big football club is and what it actually means to supporters and everybody associated with the club. As soon as you walk in the front doors, you'll get a feel for exactly the importance of playing for our football club and what it takes to be successful. Um, and David, will, David will, will, will buy into that straight away um, because of the type of person he is. He's, he's not somebody who likes a fuss about him. He, he, he won't be one for posting things on social media. I want everybody how much he likes him or, or whatever he is very much very very focused on what he wants to do and he'll want to leave here when he leaves here as a, foot, uh, as, a as a football player hopefully that's in a long period of time when he's looking to retire but he'll want to make sure that he's gave the supporters at our club something that they'll remember him for um, and that's by his performances on the pitch and how he conducts himself on a daily basis um, and again he's now that he's had a horrific year out through an injury as you touched on there, he, he, he'll never take anything for granted and he'll appreciate, I, I know for a fact he appreciates just being back on the pitch every single day um, and uh, when you add that on top of the, the young exciting players that we've got at our football club, um, I think it bodes well for the, the future. You know the thing you were saying Stephen about, you know, when you saw him as a young player and, and you thought he, he's a guy that could play for Celtic and I always yeah. remember I think it was Alec Ferguson at the time when you know when that great batch of young players had come through and, and they said it was about Paul Scholes in particular and obviously he was always really small and slight and they said but they, I think Alec Ferguson said we all thought if Paul Scholes couldn't make it then we have to pack in and just go and do something else because he was that good and I wonder sometimes when you whether it's a player like David Tumble or other young players that you've you've coached or coached sometimes there's just somebody you look and you say. Well, he, He's just got that X factor that you think he's. You definitely need to keep an eye on him because he's got what it takes. 
I think that there's there's so much developing can go on. Paul, between the ages of 16 and 20, if you like, the years are crucial, 21. It's so crucial in your development because what happens is, and again, when you look at Kerr McEnroy, you look at Karamoko, you look at Scott Robertson, Stephen Welsh, you know, Cameron Harper, the guys that are up there just now, they're getting to that age where they're still young when they're, they're almost in a rush. They're in a rush to be all they want to be. Everybody's, as a young player, you're always in a rush to get to where you want to go, which is terrific. But you need to be, you need to be patient. You need to, to, to realise what it takes to get. Things don't just happen. You almost need to make them happen. The way you make them happen is how you conduct yourself on a daily basis. Because at our club, it's, it's no average players that you're trying to take the place of. It's international players, it's ex-international players coming to the end that have played for, for, for our club for a long period of time. And it's so difficult to try and get them out of the team, but you need to believe in yourself. That's why all the things that come with it, you must you must recognise what's it going to take, what do I need to do to get the manager, the assistant manager, the first team staff to love what I do. What do, what do they want? What do, you, what do they want from me? And think when you then understand that, you do whatever you, whatever it takes to make sure that you're the one that gets there. And again, that's what the resilience can be. And, and you see it with KT. KT was somebody that was, wasn't was always the best player in his, in his age group, but he made it happen. He got his opportunity. And when that opportunity comes, you must do whatever it takes to grab that opportunity. Don't tell everybody what you're going to do. You must show people on a daily basis. And I, I know our first-team staff very well. They're the easiest staff to please because all they all they look for is for you to give your absolute maximum and more every single day in training, every single day, and that's the standards that the manager, John, Gavin, and all the other staff set, and the players are the exact same. Because if you can get the respect to your your senior players, they will love you because you're doing their running for them. Because <laughs> <laughs> that must be, I, I always think just listening to you, that must be. Obviously, you're quite new into that. You kind of obviously did a bit, quite a lot of coaching at Motherwell, and you've now taken yeah. that on at Celtic. But that must be one of the exciting parts of, of your job now that you've, you've hung up the boots yourself, because you're then yeah. developing, say, players of the future, passing on your experience. But you know, seeing the kind of sort of start of what you hope are like really, really good careers at Celtic. You hope so, um, but again, you, you know how difficult it is because it's no different from when we were young players coming through, and it's no different before. But I've no doubt when Paul McStay and and, and all these top, top young players at that time were coming through. You don't get anything handed to you in football. You, you need to earn it. And how do you, what do you do to earn it? That's the, that's the key. And how do you deal with adversity? How do you deal with the setbacks? What do you do? Do you get, do you get agents to come and pick up the phone to whoever at the club because you're not happy, they're not happy that so-and-so's not playing? You need to earn it. Just get your head down and, and do whatever it takes to get into the manager's plans. Excellent. Well, listen, Stephen, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. Um, and also, uh, pass on our thanks to your dog for that wee guest up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry about that, guys. It wasn't, it wasn't planned. But, um... it's, it's absolutely fine. Also, hopefully that uh, you and your team will be back out on the training pitch before too long and, and get back to doing what you all love doing best. Absolutely. Listen, that's the plan. And, and like I said, we just hope everybody keeps safe and keeps well at this difficult period of time. But we are, like I say, we are desperate to get back in to, to, to do what we love doing, which is coaching young players on the pitch. <laughs>